Hey, man. Welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast, man. How you doing? What's going on, bro? Yeah, man. I got a, a special guest today, man. My guy, you know, uh, my guy Sinclair Gathers, man. You know, um, we was in the military together. You know, when I first got in the military in 2020, you know, both was out the military and um, doing doing great things, man, a productive citizen in these United States. Right, right. We was wild, but we was doing our job. We was doing our job. So, man, I got three topics, you know, I want to hit on today. You know, one of them, you know, you was going on a rant the other day, you know, so I think we'll hit that one first. And mm-hmm. then, uh, then I got two more topics I added to it. So, you know, the uh, first topic today is going to be, you know, black women, pros and cons. Then we'll talk about uh, how our culture is viewed, how people view our culture as far from the outside looking in. And then we'll finish up with the LG, uh with the LGBTQ community. So, cool. So, man, so black women pros and cons. So I'll you know, say something about it first, you know what I'm saying, and then, you know, you can give your piece. So I think the pros and cons to dealing with black women is sometimes it's not even, in certain respects, it's not even their own fault. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, us, us as a people, we don't been through so much stuff from our ancestors all the way up to now. Almost everybody come with like a little bit of damage to them, if, if men and women. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you know, it's all all about what you're willing to take. If you if that's the type of you know ethnicity of woman that you want. So I think the pro to having you know a black woman is you know you. A lot of black women, if you run across a good one, you know, they're real strong-minded. A lot of them that I ran across, you know, got good morals uh, to a certain, you know, and um, and, and they're real and loyal, you know, like, you know, if they ain't caught up in all this social media and all this other stuff, you know, you, if you find a good black woman, you know, they're going to stand beside you, you know, they're going to ride with you. And the cons is, you know, with the millennials now, it's just, you know, a lot of people fall victim to social media, you know, and um, thinking that that's real life when you, where you, it's not real life. You know, people put out a certain image that you want you to see and you think that's really how they're living or you want to live a life that someone that you look up to, but you ain't got the same type of money that they got. So you can't base your life off what they're doing. Right. A lot of people, and a lot of people do that, and I just think that uh, you know, a lot of people just the kinds, you know, a lot of people just gotta just, you know, just get back to living real life, like, you know, like uh, I was talking to a woman, and she was about ten years older than me, and the one thing that one one thing that turned me off about her, and you know, she was successful in everything. One thing that turned me off about her, bro. What was, you consider uh, successful, man? I didn't mean to cut you off. What you, what you, what would you consider a successful black woman then? Did she what, like make like a hundred k a year? Yeah, she was around a hundred k a year. She had two degrees. She, um, you know, she was about to be actually. She's about to be a. Uh, she's a RN now. She's about to be a, a, a nurse practitioner. 
Right. She's, she's and so she's got to be making like I'm 120 a year in the next couple of months. But my 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 whole thing was with her was that you know, for you to be 10 years older than me, and your maturity level was not even on the same level as mine. And, you know, because <laughs> you post everything you do on social media, you and everybody comments, you know, just doing stuff that I think a young girl would do. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, yeah. Like you posting, you know, oh, what is this going on? And it, it, I was just like, yo, I ain't trying to have no chick that's looking for validation on, you know, social media. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't got no self-esteem or got enough, you know, character, I mean, to build self-esteem within yourself and not look for it from strangers on a platform, then you you ain't the one for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I mean, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, honestly, I don't like, I don't, I don't, I don't shoot for women that are that successful because they tend to be just like how you described. They tend to be like social media orientated or they, you know, they tend to everything is them, you know, it's kind of like a me, me, me thing. So I kind of stay away from the ones that kind of would, would you would, what we would consider successful, like the whole financially, uh, financially with the whole hundred K a year, or, you know, they chasing their career and stuff like that, man. You know, it, it can be, it can be a headache a little bit when dealing with women like that, because, you know, I think men would want to spend time with them too. You know, a lot of women that chase their degrees and maybe want to be boss babes and stuff like that, they uh, they tend to not need a man. You know, <laughs> I mean, some of them, I guess, when you kind of back them into a corner, which you shouldn't have to, they say they kind of need a man, but or they want a man, but most of them they don't need a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I just they, so I kind of stay away from the ones that kind of super career orientated i hate to say it that way but they tend to have the worst attitudes so i like i like the ones that are more down earth i like a i like the middle class women <laughs> i want i want me a middle class woman because she's more like she hopefully she ain't you know she's not messed up by the social media but more the middle class women and women that come from the struggle they kind of are closer to the struggle i wouldn't say come from the struggle it don't matter where you come from but if you're closer to the struggle and you know that things can be taken away just like that, then, you know, I tend to stay away from the, the you know, upper class. Give me a middle class, traditional woman that know how to cook. You know, I ain't with the one making $100,000 a year. She probably don't know how to cook. Does she know how to cook? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She, yeah, she can throw that out. 10 years older. She 10 years older. So, yeah, she's her generation is different. You know, her generation is different. So, most likely she does know how to cook, but. You know, you talk about a '94. I'm a '94 baby, so that uh, that '90 to '98, well '90 up to now, kind of that's where you might find hit and miss with women that know how to cook and you know maintain the house or cleanliness and stuff like that. You know, it's it's a, it's it's a lot going on out here. <laughs> I just hoping that they don't fall into the the Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, you know, fall into that type of that type of category. Yeah, and I might have never that thing is, you know, and I love black women, you know, don't get this confused, you know. Everybody I ever dated was black itself. I probably I dated a Puerto Rican once. Well and besides that, everybody I ever dated was black. But I just wish, you know, um and the thing like you just said, bro, like, um with 
the woman, well, once they start to gain more money, they feel like they'll need a man. This is how I look at relationships. If you want to be in a relationship, no matter if you're a millionaire, a hundred thousandaire, whatever, you know what I'm saying? You want to be in a relationship because men and women want that emotional support. It's not about, you know, I mean, you, you don't want to be with nobody that's broke, but you don't want to, you, you want that, that, that soft, that warm spot to where whatever BS you're dealing with going, that you're dealing with making money, earning the income, you can have that warm spot to where you come home and you got somebody, a partner to where, you know, they can make you feel better when you come home and, you know, just have a genuine love for each other. You know what I'm saying? So when some women try to, you know, uh, or men too, you know what I'm saying? We ain't going to make this one-sided, but, you know, try to flex, you know, what they got going on to the other person, you know, and I'm just like, you know, you wanted to be in this relationship. So you, you making yourself look stupid, you know, you know, flex, flexing what you got or trying to pull a trump cards on a person when, you know, you, you want, you want to be in this relationship, like, cause you know, you need this type of emotional support in your life. We both do, you know what I'm saying? So it don't make sense to try to play those type of games, you know, cause it, cause uh, everybody know it don't matter how much success you got. And, you know, I ain't telling nobody to settle for anything, you know, everybody got certain standards and things like that, but, you know, don't nobody, don't nobody want to be alone. Right. I was just, that's just what I was going to say. I was like, at the end of the day, I can sum it all up to nobody wants to be alone when they die or nobody wants to die alone. (laughs) Nobody want to grow old alone, you know, so we got to learn to get along, you know, we got to figure out, you know, roles, figure out, you know, figure out the buttons, you know, figure out the positives, the pros, the cons, and all that. You get, it's, it's real, it's, it gets real sticky when it comes to them relationships because you got some people that need, uh, they focus on the more, the more minute things. They focus on the small things and they pack them together. So it's like a big deal to them. But then you got some people that are more focused on like the finances, uh, the, the house, you know, uh, mental, mental health, making sure everyone's happy. And things like that. And I think that comes from a man. You know, I think women aren't designed to lead, you know, lead the whole household. I I don't. I don't think they're designed. They're not wired that way. You know, I mean, hell, if you give you give a woman a nuke button, I'm pretty sure we would have been done. She would have been done hit it. It's the same way, you know, with, you know, like I was saying uh, last night with uh, you got black folks and you got niggas. <laughs> so, you know, you give niggas a nuke button, they're going to hit it because they're emotional. So, you know, I tend to try to separate them. I tend to separate the good women from the bad. And, you know, hopefully you can stumble upon the good one and not a bad one. But I think everybody stumbles upon that woman that you can't talk to. You know what I'm saying? Or she probably, she probably carries herself like a dude. <laughs> you know, a lot of women nowadays are carrying themselves like men or they talk like men. So, you know, especially our demographic, the whole black women, they, they have a bad look. They have a bad look. You know, I I think, in my opinion, like 85% of black women are, are ratchet. <laughs> so, and hopefully it changes, but I don't care if it does. I don't even care if it does because the way I look at helping the black community, if you take care of your household, then 
if everybody focuses on their business and they take care of their household, then everything will be all right. We'll get better as a number. But man, honestly, it's it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I got a black woman. I got a beautiful black woman. I love her to death. But as a whole, she even knows. Like we get to talking about a lot of things, and she's like, "Yeah, I know. I know women. You know, she. I know black women are crazy." And like, yeah, y'all have that outlook. <laughs> they have that outlook. So, you know, I used to try to be to put my cape on and try to talk to them and try to, you know, I guess what we call kind of mitigate with them and stuff like that. But I, I just stopped. You know, when I stopped looking that hard, I came upon women that were actually a whole lot more feminine. And they weren't ratchet. They didn't wear a lot of weave. They didn't wear a lot of makeup. So, you know, we hit and miss. We hit and miss. Yeah, man, when they come to uh, dating, you know, and I think I'm going to change this title, you know, dating pros and cons, because I want to talk from a general perspective. I don't want to just single uh, one one race out. But when you're dealing with women, you know, in general, you know, when you when it comes to dating, uh, pros and cons to dating is like you know you a lot of people have to deal with competition it's almost like playing sports like if you have a person you'll run into a lot of women that's used to getting dudes that weren't worth them but just because they got they playing with 200 300,000 you know what I'm saying they tricking on them right so like when if you come behind them he ain't really want her he just wanted to knock her off and just, you know, just have her accessible for that. You know what I'm saying? And then when you, you know, come behind that, they expect for you to do the same thing when it's like, yo, that's not no reality. I ain't saying that I ain't playing with no money, but I'm saying, you know, I want some long term. If you come at me, the first, if I run across a female and the first thing that you project is money, then I already know what box to put you in. I'm going to just... <laughs> I'm gonna just keep it as that. If you bad enough, you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna keep it as that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna do what I do, and I'm gonna keep it pushing. You feel me? So. You said it. You said if you bad enough, so looks do matter. <laughs> looks matter. But I'm like, you know, and sometimes, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I get kind of sad about it, you know, sometimes because I'm just like, man, like. Females is really out here thinking like money, you know what I'm saying? And they just like, you know, money ain't worth your character because character, once your character is diminished, that ain't something that you could just repair overnight. You can go get some money, but you can't repair your character overnight. And I think, you know, a lot of women, a lot of people in general, you know, when it comes to day men and women, you know, some of them, you know, they, they don't care how they be looking out here. You know what I'm saying? They just, they do whatever, you know, if somebody got a little status, they going to do whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's and, the right thing. And, and I've seen seen it the most because, you know, I do security for a lot of people. So when I see certain women get around certain dudes, you know, they got them M's. I'm just like, man, this is crazy. Like <laughs> They turn loose. I'm like, man, they really acting like this and they ain't even going to get this dude number and they ain't going to never see this dude again. You know what I'm saying? But you don't throw your whole character away over for for an hour. You know what I'm saying? Because after he knock you off, you you be lucky to spend the night 
You know what I'm saying? And you finna get kicked out the room. You know what I'm saying? But isn't it a money grab? I think most of the girls that are like in that groupie position right there, like what you just described when you're doing security, I think those women are literally looking for a come up. Them, them, them the ones that are looking for the oh, he nutted in me, I'm pregnant. <laughs> you know, oh, I got fifteen hundred dollars, I got two thousand dollars. You know, I think they live for that moment. Women that are in that position that are always trying to put themselves in front of the rapper, the artist, or whatever, you know, the famous person, the guy with the money. Man, they're they're just looking for a come up. And honestly, it, it kind of falls back on us guys to kind of see the red flags, but then, you know, we thinking what our, we thinking what was between our legs rather than, you know, looking at how she's really coming at us. Like, all she talking about is money. All she looking at is the watch, the necklace, the ring. You know, so, you know, and that's, I can get, you know, I can harp on another category. I ain't trying to go off topic, but man, the jury, a lot of things that, that us men do that to attract women, which I call it peacocking. <laughs> that's all you is, just showing your pretty feathers, showing your jury, showing your nice, you know, your haircut and everything. You know, got put all the trinkets on so you look good. That's all she going to see, you know. It's up to you to try to have a conversation to figure out where our mind really is. You know, once you reel in with how you look, you know, is there something underneath all that all that hair she got on her head? Hopefully she don't got someone else's hair on top of her hair. Then it's going to be harder to get to her. Yeah, man, I just be, you know, um, you have to be real resilient and have a, a lot of self-esteem about yourself when it comes to dating for men and women these days. Right. So you're so when you out here and um, you going through multiple people because they ain't what you're looking for. You know, a lot of people can get discouraged. I was on a clubhouse with a woman. Uh, she was she's about 38 years old, bro, and it was sad because you know I got a notification. I just happened to wake up at the middle of the night at like 2:33 in the morning, right? And it's a it's a lady I know on clubhouse. She makes a room saying she's about to commit suicide. That's the title of the room. So I go in the room. It's like three people in there. So I'm giving her encouraging words. She said, you know, she's tired of going through, you know, not being appreciated and men using her and things like that. And, you know, like I told her, I was like, look, you have to treat dating as, you know, you have to, you have to be disconnected at first. You can't meet a person first couple of days and automatically just invest in all your your all into them emotionally right you have you have to treat a date as all right we going out to eat we uh, i'm gonna uh, have a good time and that's it you know what i'm saying like if it if we continue to talk and we continue you know to build some chemistry or whatever then i will give him more emotionally as the time goes by but you know if you if you give that all off the rip, you know, now you're setting yourself up to where, especially if you have uh, sex with him, you know, now you set yourself up to where a dude like, especially if he didn't have a long terms with you, the long term, uh, long term um, intentions with you. Right. So, so he's like, you know, well, I already don't hit or, you know, we don't went on a couple of dates, you know, I ain't really feeling her, but she was probably really feeling you. And now you don't stop talking to her, stop responding to her, or she don't stop responding to you. 
you know what I'm saying, for men, and then you just like, dang, like, what I do, or now you getting, if you ain't got no self-esteem about yourself or no confidence, then you just, you, know, you can get, you can get real depressed, and, you know, and I was, that was the first time I experienced that hands-on, like, having a person, you know, vent to me, uh, and she was, like, in tears, bro, like, she was, like, crying on the phone, you know what I'm saying, I was just like, man, this is crazy, you know, <laughs> right. Right. And I, you know, I can, I can speak on that too. I had experience a couple of weeks ago, close to a month ago now. And one of my good friends that uh, I met when I got out of the military around here, he called me and he was really upset because he felt like he wasn't, you know, being looked at as uh being important. You know, I guess he felt like his, his girl didn't treat him like he was needed or like she loved him. And, you know, he was on the verge of that too, like pistol, pistol to his head type stuff so it was you know it was really scary and the way I like the way you say you got to be detached you know at first in relationships and then you know you can get attached later on but if I can play devil's advocate a little bit it's kind of hard because honestly I think you you have to have tough skin but you honestly have to take everything that goes left in a relationship with a grain of salt otherwise you will you will be depressed and want to kill yourself. Like, because some people can't take it. And then you would want to ask like, well, why you even want to be in a relationship? And then they would tell you, I don't want to die alone. I don't want to grow old alone. I want someone that, that loves me for me. And then, you know, sometimes the person that, that is upset may need to develop more, you know? So it's scary. People aren't honest nowadays. And, you know, it's been going on before we were born. You know, the way men get women, a lot of us, you know, men, we don't really want to be in a relationship. We like to just get the sex out the way and then boom. If a man want to be in a relationship with you, he going to pursue you and he going to, you know, he's going to vet you and do what he has to do. And you will know. But a lot of women, they ignore the signs and they get attached to something they shouldn't get attached to. So, I mean, it's a good thing that apparently she didn't kill herself, but. She got to, honestly, she got to look at her own decisions. You know, we adults. We're all adults here, you know. We can't just be making decisions expecting a different outcome because then you might, you're going to go insane. Yeah, man, you got to keep a level head, man, and just uh, keep at it. You know, you're not going to strike gold first, but, you know, if you're just like anything in life, if you keep doing it enough, you're going to master it. You know, you're going to strike gold somewhere, so you just got to, be persistent and stay positive while you're going through that whole dating phase, you know, and um, don't treat everybody the same. Don't think because, you know, a couple of people hurt you in the past that everybody is like that or out to get you. Right. You know? so, so you have to, you know, keep a level head. But, you know, we transition into the next topic, man. Uh, this is a real topic that I've been wanting to speak about is uh, how people uh, view our culture as a black people. So this is one thing that kind of aggravates me. So, you know, and, uh, and a lot of people, and one dude I really look up to, man, and people think he's crazy, but uh -huh. I think, but I think he's a genius. And I think you have to have a certain level of intellect to understand where he'd be coming from. And that's Dame Dash. Right. Dame Dash is one person that needs to be in a position to where he can really speak up for our culture and really 
uh, be in a position to uh, make changes for our culture because, you know, I heard him say something on an interview recently, and I was like, you know, I was thinking about it, but I never heard nobody actually say it. Right. So, so this is what I'm about to say. So we got people like, you know, Vlad TV, you know, all these famous people on these different platforms, you know, and I love Vlad. You know what I'm saying? I love all these different podcasts that they're, they're, they're not the same race as us. Right. But we have a lot of people and it, and, and this is the game. I'm not saying that they're wrong or nothing, you know what I'm saying? But this is just how the game set up. But we have a lot of people that interview all our famous Kings and Queens, you know, that's great. You know, whether that be actors, rappers, uh, basketball players, football players, whatever they did, you know what I'm saying? And they are able to profit off our culture. And this was what Dame Dash said, you know, they're able to profit off our culture, but they don't give nothing back to our culture. Right. And he was like, he don't respect that. And I and I had to think about it. And I was like, you know, a lot of, and I was like, you know, we could take it to the global level. You got the NFL owners, you know, they've been making billion dollars, billions of dollars off us for years off our skin color, because let's be real, the NFL, the NBA, if you take away every black player that ever played, the league won't be nothing. Yeah, I I agree with that. Because you got, I mean, I mean, in the NFL, you got the white quarterbacks, which is the most important position. But they gotta have somebody to throw the ball to and hand the ball off to, and the best defense. And you gotta have somebody to stop the ball. And most of the best defensive players was black. Most of the best skill players ever, best receiver ever, black, best running back ever, black. Best basketball players ever, black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it's a proven fact. So I'm just like, you know, a lot of people view view us, you know, as, you know, pawns. You know, they could be like, well, we can, you know, tolerate them and use them to build our platform and keep making money off them. But you don't see – I didn't see none of these people when the George Floyd stuff was going on or – anything, you know, that has something to do with our race, you know, go out their way. You know what? George, to, to give what? to get to give um <laughs> to get to give uh money to uh to anything that's going on that's for a good cause with black people. You know what I'm saying? Like even when the whole thing was going on when the NBA was gonna stop playing games, you know what I'm saying, because of what was going on with all these police killings and stuff. Right. When they was playing in a bubble, you know, you never see none of these people that's making millions of dollars off, you know, having black people come on their platform or nothing, give nothing back to our culture. And, you know, you know, our culture is looked upon as a joke. And some of it is some of our own fault, you know, because of the black on black, you know, killing and things like that. But some of it is not our fault because it's just like, you know, it's a system that's uh, built to keep us down and, and it's kind of aggravating to see it every day you know we have a lot of people that we got more black millionaires in, in, than ever you know right. in, this, in this generation we got a lot of people that's playing with the same money as other races and for us to keep getting denied opportunities and positions of power because either uh, stereotypes or they just don't want us to be there. 
you know, it's just crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's, what throws me off is I, I know the system is, is – is, it is what it is. You know, that's how I look at the system. I mean, I think it's way better than what it was before we was born. We know that for a fact. But I think it's more so on us. I think it's more so on us as black folks to, you know, come together. You know, like you said, we got more black millionaires than we ever have, and they haven't built back Black Wall Street. You know, they they haven't. We, you know, it's a it's a whole lot, it's a whole lot of black millionaires, and they talk about you know how the black community is is ignored and we're the least protected and stuff like that. But no, I mean, I think, I think you know we don't protect each other. You know, we kill each other. It's more black on black killings than it is white on black killings, and and that and the numbers have nothing to do with it. If if the, if you want to bring the numbers into it, then it's shocking that we make up thirteen percent of the world, and we commit what eighty five percent of the crime. Like that is ridiculous. It, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. So at this point, you know, you have our generation, you have the generations under us that are coming up, and. I think it's, it's up to us to, you know, instill in them that the system is not how it used to be. Don't go into it expecting the system to, you know, you know, don't don't go into it expecting the racism. If, you know, I don't, I don't always like to throw that word up, but don't expect the racism because you, you have to be qualified. You have to be qualified, you know, and that's that's what I try to teach my kids. And, you know, as they grow up, that's what I'm going to put into them. You know, of course, they're going to know that they don't have the advantage as far as, you know, a lot of people in power or they're the other race. So what you need to do is make sure you're overqualified. Make sure you got more than enough credentials that meets the eye. You know, not only do you dress nice, not only do you carry yourself well, but you're knowledgeable. You know, you can articulate, you can articulate yourself well. So, you know, I think I, I kind of get away from the whole system is designed for us to lose because it's been like that forever. So now I'm just trying something different. You know, it's not that I'm I'm condoning the fact that it's not that I'm ignoring the fact that, hey, there's there's no racism in the in the system. I know for a fact there is. But since we've been going, we've been. You know, we've been kind of harping on that for years since I was like in middle school, since like I became the consciousness. I think we should try something different. And I rich black millionaires try to build back Black Wall Street. It was just a bunch of damn stores, but let's be real. I mean, it was something. I mean, it was, it was something. I mean, it was built under Jim Crow, so it might be even harder to build it back now that we free, rather than for us to be under some type of serious oppression when we was under serious oppression we built a lot of things as we built black wall street under serious oppression under jim crow so you know i think at this point i think black people lazy bro like a lot of our a lot of a lot of our community just lazy you know we you know we just hey it ain't all the white man fault it's kind of your fault after a while i know we not rich me and you ain't rich you know what i'm saying we don't we don't make a hundred plus thousand a year, which that's not rich, but I'm just saying we're not financially stable to the point where we can, you know, get out here and just make something move with the drop of a dime. But the people that can, the black people that can, they're not doing it. Hell no. They're not doing it. I don't think they're not doing it. Hell, the LGBTQ community 
actually are more together as that community than we are as black community as a whole. Hell, they move more in unison than we do. And it's surprising to me. It's crazy. Well, to piggyback off your point with the togetherness, because that was something I want to bring up too. So, you know, um, I don't know if you watched the episode with J.R. Smith on the uh, I Am Athlete podcast. You need to go watch it. It got real deep. J.R. Smith said something real powerful. You know, J.R. Smith said, I made over $100 million in the NBA. And he said, you know, when he thinks about us as a culture, he said, it's no reason why every state in America, everybody don't have an athlete out of every state in America that made it out, whether for football, basketball, baseball, whatever, you know what I'm saying? As as a black as black people, right? He said we still go in the off season and play at UCLA or all these, you know what I'm saying? Uh, white organizations, you know what I'm saying? He said we got all these people that got hundreds of millions or tens of millions of dollars. Everybody should have their own gym and their own in their community. He said, right? It's been plenty of nights, and and when I was in the league. Well, I went to the script club and threw 60000 for just yep. for, for forever, you know what I'm saying? And he said, and he said, you know, we had fun. He said, I can't knock nobody that do it because I did it. But he said, you know, I could have took that same 60000 and went and fed 2,500 people in the hood. But he, but he was like, we not doing that. He said, you know, he said, he only takes five of us. He said, if if me, you, he was pointing at Brandon Marshall, all of them, they get they got millions. He was like, right. me, you, you, and you take a quarter million a piece and go to the bank. Who what bank gonna turn us down if we show them a quarter million a piece on whatever we trying to get? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know so he was like, you know, yeah. It's just like he said, it's not really that we can't do it. It's just a mindset, you know what I'm saying? And people's just not in that mindset whenever they get in those powerful positions when they get to making that generational type of money. Right. He was, he's completely correct. He's completely correct. It's all a mindset because the first thing that comes to the black community, whenever we get some money is to stunt on somebody. It's to show, show, show people that we got money, which is almost the buy the, the nicest car, buy the biggest house, you know, and I don't like nobody from wanting to buy the nicest car, buy the biggest house, but you don't need to start on nobody. I think if you know, you, you got to do it in good faith. You don't do it because shout out to the haters. You know, nah, it, it, it ain't that. Because the haters are the reason why people look at us like that. That's why they look like the back at the black community the way they do. Because of haters. Because of assholes, you know. I mean, and that's that's just, I agree with J.R. Smith. You know, it's all a mindset thing. If you got the money to do it and you have something to say about it not being done, then I don't think you should speak on it if you're not going to do it. Point blank period. If you're a millionaire, he's exactly right. You got millions, shit. You shouldn't talk about it because you got the money to make a change, but, you know, you won't come together with five, three to five people, maybe ten investors and and do what you got to do. But we'll keep talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And, you know, that's that's where, you know, 
I was saying the same thing about certain people on YouTube and stuff like that. You got millionaires on YouTube and they complain about the community. They talk about the community and they're not doing anything for the community. So, and I mean, in all reality, let's be real. You don't have to, but I prefer for you to keep your mouth shut on the issues. You know, if, if you're not going to help, you know, if you're not going to help. There's no need to talk about it. But if you're bringing awareness to what is what's going on, fine. But you need to be helping. <laughs> you need to help, man. I don't need to know that you make two million a year, four million a year. I don't need to know that you make fifteen million a year, and you actually have an issue with what's going on out here in the real world. So, you know, I can, I can, I just, I agree with Jay Smith. I can't say no more about that. That's that's you kind of dropped the mic on that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dane Dash, you know, if you go back and look at some of his recent interviews, man, he's been talking about this for years. He was like, you know, uh, he tried to buy the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. He showed them proof of funds, and they denied him. And he was like, you know, instead of – he said, he was like, I don't want to play that game. He said, I'm going to play my own game. So he started his own football league, and he's going to put his own money up and do it. He's like, it's not about being as big as the NFL – He's just like, we just have to do our own thing. And he's like, people are scared because they're in a comfort zone. So he's like, instead of them putting their own money up and just starting their own league and doing their own thing, they want to play their game and be accepted by people that will never be accepted by. And he's like, he can't can't jig with that. That's why I look at Dane Dash. Like, Dane Dash ain't no billionaire, but he got a lot of money, but he ain't no billionaire. But I look at him as a billionaire, because he got a billion dollars worth of knowledge in the way he think, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, knowledge, you could have a couple thousand dollars, but you know, if you got a billion dollars worth of knowledge, that's worth more than anything, you know, that that you got in your bank account. Because you can you can make up for what you don't got with, with what you know. You know right, what right, and right. What you your knowledge will bring you more financial stability. Right, you're exactly correct. I definitely agree, you know, and and I was just going to say that ties back to what you said about 10 minutes ago about the system and how it is designed for you to, you know, not get to a certain amount of success, not get to a certain level, you know, because I think we should be fine. You know, people like us, I think we'll be perfectly fine until we get up until 100,000. You know what I'm saying? Once we hit 100,000, you hit that different tax bracket and and what you may be doing in the world is going to separate from somebody that runs a food truck and make a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, he's probably going, that person or that business may not see the, the system, you know, the way that a doctor may encounter the system, the system will hit them different once they get up there. Like that, that the young lady you was speaking about that's trying to be a nurse practitioner. You said, yes, yeah, she, she, when she hits that certain nurse practitioner, She's going to have a whole lot of say-so, whole lot of power, but that's where her threshold is probably going to stop. You know what I'm saying? Because the system gets very finicky at that level. When you reach that amount of success as a black woman or as a black person, period, shit, man, I think it's a blessing for her to even get to where she's at now. And that comes from hard work, man. Comes to hard work, being resilient, staying on your purpose, you know, and and 
and she's going to get there. But we know she ain't going to get to where she altered. Well, I can't say where she ultimately want to be because she ultimately may want to be at 120, 130. And she's she's good. She's good right there. But if she wants to be past that, honestly, I don't think the system will let you get past that. So, yeah, I do. You know, I'm bringing it back. That's where the system kind of that threshold, you know, is a threshold with the system. The system used to be, you know, threshold was really low. The threshold was way down there, you know, at the bottom where you experienced the racism at a low level, the way you can't even make a dollar. Now they'll let you make $100,000 a year. They'll let you make $1,000 a day. You know, they'll let you make $500 a day doing whatever you want to do, technically. It's just once you get to a certain level where it's like, uh, you might have some influence on a large, vast, you know, you might have an influence on a large group of people in your community. And that's why I think the system kind of comes into play. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, though. It's hard. And, I mean, I think we're getting better, though, as a black community. I think we need to work on our black women. And we need to work on, you know, the single-parent household. And we need to work on getting back to having men in the household. So, I, you know, our young boys can grow up to be strong men and logical, think, logical thinkers. And, you know, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree with that, man. So we can transition into our uh, our last topic, man. Uh, LGBTQ community. I had someone comment on my YouTube, and uh, they said that they wanted me to talk about this. So uh, I'm going to honor their wishes and talk about this. So, you know, uh, my opinion on the whole LGBTQ community is I, I don't have a problem with what someone choose to do with their sexual preference and their private time. You know, however you get off, you know, sexually or what you're attracted to, that's 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 your personal business, you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, you got people like, you know, Boosie that that speaks uh out about it, you know. Right. And and I agree with them, you know, but my whole thing is is that, you know, I know we was brought up a certain way, you know. You know, I ain't gonna never go that way. And, you know, I I know what they're doing as far as using that to take the black man out of the house by, you know, showing this to our kids and cartoons and stuff at an early age when their brain is not fully developed. So you gotta be extra cautious of how you raise your kids now and what they watch, you know, so they don't think that's the right thing or not saying, you know, it's the wrong thing to do, but if you don't want your kid to be a certain way, you know, you just have to keep cautious or or what how you wanna raise them, you know. But my whole thing is is that, you know, I respect everybody as a person and I show love to everybody whether you straight, gay, transgender, whatever it might be, you know what I'm saying? So I don't have a problem with what they're doing or what they stand for, you know, but the only thing I would say is that, you know, the people that do speak out against it, this is the thing that I'm trying to, to get at. So you're speaking out against it. You might have your own feelings about it, but what does that solve? Like you're saying that, you know, I don't agree with these people doing this. I don't agree with 
this this person's son saying that he a girl now and he putting on heels and things like that. I'm like, at the end of the day, man, everybody got their own business and they're going to live their life how they want to live their life. All we can do as human beings is just love them as they are. You know what I'm saying? I got gay friends, you know what I'm saying? You know, that, that you know, I mess with, you know what I'm saying? As far as like on a friendship level, you know, you know, and, you know, I know they're gay and they do their thing, you know, but I don't them or look or look down on them or treat them any different because that's what they like. You know what I'm saying? They, they're just, that's their own personal business. And I, and I stay out of that. You know what I'm saying? I just treat them as human beings, you know, treat them with respect. You don't call them out their name because most of these people to be real. A lot of gay people be more, loyal than some straight people you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have some gay friends that that did stuff for me that some of my straight friends wouldn't do so it's just you know um i don't have nothing against them you know i treated them as human beings i got love for them and i just i, I show love to everybody you know i try to i'm a real big advocate of what you put out is what you get back so i try to put nothing but positive things out into the atmosphere so I can receive nothing but positive back. I ain't gonna never talk down on nobody or make nobody feel bad about what they do in their own private time because, you know, you don't know what those type of people are going through. They already, you know, get looked at at their family, you know, for going that route and people getting on platforms talking about it so they say, so they gotta have a certain type of self-esteem just to live a regular life and just go through life every day, just going to the grocery store and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to make their life difficult by being another person pounding on them because they like the same sex or they want it to be a different sex. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I just treat them with love. I treat them with respect. I ain't got nothing against them. And, and I just uh, want everybody to succeed and uh, do what they do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I I like it. I I agree with you, but one thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna separate them. You know, I, I think they're a very, I think they're very they're they're a good community that they come together and they fight for their rights. They you know, and honestly, I don't support it. I don't support it at all. I don't like it. You know, I don't like it. But I also know how to not infringe on someone's space just because I don't like their lifestyle like you said you know I'm just because I don't support it doesn't mean I'm going to go around waving the sign that says this needs you need to be abolished or you need to be castrated because you're a gay man or you know you need to be you know have something happen to you because you're a gay woman or whatever you know I don't I honestly think the reason I say that is because it doesn't promote life you know it doesn't make the world go around the way i used to say it years ago when people used to ask me about this because i have a lot of cousins that are gay too and i used to say man that doesn't help the world go around you know i think men and women is what makes babies and that's what keeps the population going and you know a lot of people used to call me well you just hate her or you're a homophobe or whatever it's not that i'm a homophobe or that if that's what you call a homophobe, I think that's pretty over the top because I'm just saying a fact Two 
people of the same sex cannot produce a child. And um, I don't like to argue without facts. So I tend to just put the facts on the table and, you know, I leave it at that. You know, you could do what you do. You know, if y'all want to fight for rights, fight for rights. Hell, I, I don't control that that sector of the world, so I can't complain. You know, even though I don't support it, I do not complain about what they shoot for when it comes for when it comes to their rights, when it comes to, you know, them wanting to have an extra bathroom and stuff like that, extra restroom, you know what I'm saying? Or say, for example, the trans woman wanting to go into the women's restroom. But the thing about that that bothers me is you need to have your stuff chopped off. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to be a man still carrying the meat. And you will be attracted to women regardless. That's just the way you're wired. <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but that's the facts. The facts of the matter is you are still a man. So, you know, if y'all want to have all this extra stuff and have the changes in the world, I think y'all need to go about changing your body properly. Making sure is what you want to do. You know, some men don't want to have to, they don't want to change all that stuff. They want to keep their man parts and just stay like men. And that's cool. But just, you know, they, and I don't have that problem where they try me because I appear to be something. I think the LGBT community is very good at, at identifying who they are in public. You know, I, I've never seen where someone of that community has misjudged someone that's not of that community. You know, some people have, but I don't have an issue with that, man. It's all, it's all, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it because they don't bother me, you know, and say, say, let's say, for example, you know, I have sons and daughters and say if one of my sons or my daughters turn out to be that, they're going to know, they're definitely going to know where their father stands, but do you think I'm going to love them less? No. So, you know, you know, that doesn't. Just because I don't like what you do does not mean I won't show you respect. And I can leave it at that. Yeah, man. Again, I'm going to reiterate this, man. Eric Jones. This is Eric Jones talking, the host. I don't have no problem with the LGBT community. I, I haven't had nobody come at me. I never had a problem. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just making this clear, you know, that, um, you know, someone wanted me to talk about this as a podcast topic, and I'm just right. you know, honoring the wishes of uh, one of my uh, listeners that's out there. But, uh, you know, I like, um, you know, I treat people as human beings. So, you know, when I run into gay people or whatever, you know, transgender and public, if they speak to me, I'm going to speak back. I'm going to treat them just right. as human beings. You know, I'm not going look at now i don't care if they got wig weave on they could be in some stilettos i don't care you know what i'm saying they speak to me i'm gonna speak back i'm not gonna act funny towards them i'm not gonna do none of that stuff that the extra stuff that some other people be doing you know i respect them as humans and i'm a, uh you know and i show love to them you know if we could be friends or associates go to uh, I see you out at a bar and we just happen to be around each other having a good time or something like that, you know, or, or anywhere, you know what I'm saying? If we could be anywhere, amusement park, anything, and you just happen to be around some mutual friends that I know and we just happen to have a good time and everybody cordial having fun, you know, I'm going to treat everybody as it is, you know, I put positive energy in the atmosphere, you know, I just think some people 
that's got platforms, famous people that don't agree with it, you know, they need to just stop speaking out about it because for one, it's not going nowhere. Let's just be real. All right. And two, and two, you know, you're not really gaining nothing from it by putting somebody else down, whether it's a gay person or if you just having a beef with somebody in general. So it's just, you know, you just, you know, you just keep your feelings to yourself and just respect them as humans and just show love to them because they already dealing with enough of people that's publicly going at them for choosing the things that they want to do in their own private time as far as like uh, what they're attracted to sexually. So I just think a lot of people just need to stop coming against them and just support them as human beings. And the more love you put out, the more love that you show will always be a solution to any problem. You know, if you keep showing love and uh, at some point, whoever keeps showing hate is going to stop. Right. Because you're not showing no, you're not showing no combatants towards that person. You know, so, but yeah, man, um, you know, uh, before we wrap up this episode, man, you know, um, you know, a little self-promotion moment. So anything you got going on, you know, I know you got the YouTube channel with the fishing and stuff and things like that. So, you know, anything you got going on that you want to promote, let people know, you know, um, what you got going on. And uh, also, you know, uh, let people know how they can find you on social media or, you know, subscription and things like that. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. My name is Sinclair. My name is Sinclair. And, I mean, you know, I do the fishing thing. I love fishing. I'm a country guy from South Carolina. So, you know, I do have the YouTube page. is Above Water Fishing. That's with no G. You know, so, I mean, if you just type in Above Water Fishing or you got tags like Head Above Water Fishing, and, you know, it'll lead you right to it. You know, I'm a real small YouTuber. You know, my goal is not really to be a million subscriber YouTuber. I honestly just want to create some passive income while I'm raising my kids, you know, so they can actually have a better opportunity than I have, you know, because I was blessed to have parents that set the bar kind of high. So I got to make sure my kids have the opportunities I have and some. So, you know, check out them fishing videos. You know, it's me and my girlfriend. And it's it's very interesting because sometimes you will see you will see raw emotions of when I don't hook the fish. You will see raw emotions of me just talking to my girlfriend and the technique that she uses when she fishes. It it aggravates the hell out of me. So I mean, yeah, y'all check that out. I mean, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Miss Family Friends and Revenue Sinclair. That's F F R underscore Sinclair. And I mean, I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate my my guy Eric bringing me on the podcast so we can talk about some things that you know need to be talked about because there's a lot of people over the sector. There's a lot of people that are public figures that get the they they talk about a lot of things, but uh, there's not a there's not a lot of people that you can see every day that talk about things that are so important. So I really appreciate you, bro, for having me on here, man. Oh yeah, man. And um yeah, everybody go check out his YouTube channel. Also, man, um, you know what well, it's the all my guests that come on, you know, anytime you have something you come across in your everyday life that you wanna uh do you feel like that need to talk about on the platform, you know, you, you can hit me up anytime and 
nothing but a couple minutes for me to strike up a podcast episode about it and we could talk about it and I could have four people on with me at a time. So if you want other people to hop on with you, you know, we can talk about anything. You know, feel free to hit me up strike up a podcast episode about it so people can hear what's going on if you got a topic or anything you feel passionate about or a situation you ran across in your everyday life, you know. Thank you. Yeah, have a panel one day, man. I think a panel would be a good idea. That sounds like a real good idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have episodes, man, with, you know, uh, it just depends, man, on how the day go. Like, I was supposed to have two other people on with us today. Uh, really? You know, they, they, they couldn't, uh, they uh, had something going on. So, you know, I try to get at least, you know, uh, at least uh, – Sometimes it just be me and another person, and sometimes it could be me and four other people. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends on what the day goes, you know. But, you know, uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, and this is going to uh, be out tonight on all platforms. You know, I'm on every podcast platform you can think of, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Radio Public, Google. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can you can listen to me. So um, I'm dropping an episode every week. So I'm doing at least one episode a week. I only did three episodes this week so far. That's kind of that's kind of a anomaly because I ain't never did three episodes in a week before. Um, so we go reach them goals, bro. We gotta reach them goals, man. But yeah, man, this concludes the Eric J the Great podcast, man. I appreciate everybody that support me and uh, everybody keep listening to uh, what we got going on. And um, also, you know, hit, feel free to hit me up on any one of my social media pages or uh, feel free to comment on any one of my videos with topic suggestions. Or uh, if you want to be a guest, I'm, I'm open to talking to anybody, you know, there's nothing like having good dialogue about real life situations that uh, people come across in their everyday lives and uh and i just hope uh everyone has a good night and i appreciate you for coming on thank you man y'all have a good one man appreciate it bro eric J the great y'all check that out on youtube for sure man because send the traffic to spotify and youtube that's what's really paying the money right now oh yeah okay we out